Welcome to It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland. Featuring stimulating in-depth interviews with special guests from all areas of the arts. And now, here's your host for It's a Question of Balance, Ruth Copland. Welcome to the show where we balance the intellectual with the creative, exploring whether we have more in common than divides us through thought-provoking conversations. For the topic hour, I go out and about and talk to people on the street about a wide variety of different subjects that affect us all, both locally and globally. And for this, the Arts Hour, I interview local, national and international guests from all areas of the arts. And I combine a debate topic with an arts interview because I feel discussion and creativity are two of the most vital ways we engage with the world. Well, this week as my special guest from the arts, I'm pleased to be interviewing award-winning and internationally renowned ukulele virtuoso and composer Jake Shimabukuro, who has over 20 solo albums to his name. Jake is known for having virtually reinvented the four-string instrument, causing many to call him the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele. Jake first came to the world's attention with his deeply beautiful and original take on George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps in a viral video that dominated YouTube in 2005 and has received over 15 million views. Fans around the world delight in his virtuoso approach to the ukulele. Albums such as Gently Weeks, Peace Love Ukulele and Grand Ukulele have topped the Billboard World Music Charts and as a live performer, Jake is one of the hottest tickets around, headlining the Hollywood Bowl, Lincoln Centre and the Sydney Opera House, even performing for the Queen in England. He has also made frequent appearances on TV shows like The Today Show, Good Morning America, Jimmy Kimmel Live and Late Night with Conan O'Brien. And he has written the soundtrack for two Japanese films. Despite his success, Jake remains committed to community, frequently performing in schools in Hawaii and overseas, as well as lobbying for increased music education. Jake's latest album is The Greatest Day, recorded at Music City's famed Ronnie's Place studio. If you're listening in the Monterey Bay area of California, Jake is appearing at the Golden State Theatre in Monterey on Friday, December 7th at 8pm. And you can get tickets at goldenstatetheatre.com. Right now, however, he's here with us. Welcome to the show, Jake. Aloha. Wow, thank you for such a nice uh, introduction there. Oh, you're very welcome. Yeah, it's hard to distill down everything that you've done into a kind of short introduction, but uh, that gives... Oh, thank you very much. That was very generous of you. Thank you. (laughs) I understand um, that your mother gave you a ukulele when you were four, which I imagine was really fun. I'm wondering if you can remember when music or art of any kind first had a deep effect on you when you realized perhaps that art has a power beyond just fun and entertainment, you know, that it can affect us on a deep level. Well, it, yeah, it really affected me, you know, on a very deep level when I was, uh, when I was, when I was quite young, mm. but I don't, I realized, um, I don't think I, I realized how, uh, 
how it really affected me um, until you know until I got older mm. and just kind of back in my on my life and things like that. But yeah, it's it's always been um, it's kind of just served as a as a wonderful source of inspiration, therapy. Mm. Um, you know, as you mentioned, my mom. You know, she, not only did she uh, give me my first ukulele, but she was also my first ukulele teacher because mm. she played. And um, and I remember the time I was four, um, she would always sit down with me in the living room and and she would teach me basic chords and we'd play together. And it was a very um, it was a a very memorable time for me. You know, when I would when I would just spend that time playing music and and learning from her. And I remember um, when I was in the, I think like the fifth grade, fifth or sixth grade, my parents, uh, you know, they, they separated and then they, which eventually led to a divorce. Mm. And during that time, my brother and I, you know, lived with my mom. So, and because she was a single parent, you know, she had to work all the time. Mm. So I think, so I think um, me and the, with the, you know, that just spending time with the ukulele, and practicing and playing it all the time was kind of became the substitute for the, you know, just the alternative for the time I couldn't spend with my mom anymore because she was working all the time. So, yeah, so it definitely, it was a, a very emotional connection to that uh, instrument. And I think it really did help me and pull me through some of those very difficult times in my life. Mm, yeah, I, I was going to ask you if you grew up in grew up in a creative environment, and it sounds like you did with the encouragement from your mom. Although you know she also had to work a lot. Yeah, and my my parents would listen to music all the time. Like my uh, they they both my my dad and both both my parents they love music, and mm. there would always be always be great records you know playing in the house and. And I just remember, I mean, and it was very diverse. I mean, from traditional Hawaiian music to Japanese folk tunes to, to you know, to jazz musicians to classical music, uh, rock and roll, you know. And mm. and I think I just, um, so I, I, I would listen, to, you know, I just grew up kind of listening to all this, but I didn't know who the bands were or the style of music each one was. No one actually sat me down and said, okay, this is bebop. Okay, this is, <laughs> you know, contemporary classical music. This is Baroque music. This is, you know, so-and-so. So to me, it was all just music. Right. And then I remember, um, and so I, I, was, I, I like to share this story with people because one of the one of the albums that my dad would listen to a lot was a, an old Charlie Bird record. And Charlie Bird, you know, the famous uh, great guitar player. But he had this, one album where he did a bunch of cover tunes and there were a lot of pop tunes and he did songs like Yesterday and Here, There and Everywhere. Mm. You know, and I just remember as a kid like listening to this record and I was like, wow, man, it's so, you know, the music was so beautiful and, and I didn't know who the Beatles were but I just remember thinking, man, Charlie Bird, man, he can really write some great music. <laughs> so, so I got introduced to the, to the Beatles music uh, through Charlie Bird. And then I remember as I got older, one day I heard one of the songs on the radio. And I was like, hey, this is that Charlie Bird song. And I didn't even realize it had lyrics. Right. So, and that's how I discovered the, the Beatles. And then, uh, you know, and then I, I realized like, oh, okay, well, my dad, you know, had a couple of Beatles records. And and so I started listening, and then that, that's when I started to gain more of an interest in in this in learning who these musicians were and 
and uh, and you know and 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 just kind of reading through the albums and learning like the you know who who was playing in the rhythm section and who was doing this and doing that and so so it, it was very fun and, and very involved you know but it, it it came much later. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's interesting. Um, I noticed when when you were speaking earlier that um, I think you said ukulele is that right i mean obviously you know a western way of saying it more is ukulele but um i know it's originally an a hawaiian word meaning a jumping flea i think and obviously the way you're pronouncing it's the correct way <laughs> well you know i i was born and raised in hawaii so um you know the way that i was taught to say it is ukulele ukulele and, right uh, yeah, and it's because it's it's actually a, a it's actually made up of two native Hawaiian words, and the you know the first word is uku, which as you mentioned means flea, and lele means jumping. So the ukulele, yeah, it, the direct translation is really the jumping flea. And the story that I heard was it kind of got its name because your fingers look like little jumping fleas on the fretboard when when you're playing it. So right, uh, yeah, that's that, that, that's what I had heard, and. Um, and uh, yeah, but it's funny because I know when I when I first started touring, um, you know, I'd, I'd be at the airport and I'd be coming off the airplane and someone would ask me, oh, is that a, well, what what instrument is that? And uh, I would say, oh, it's an ukulele. And they're like, oh, what, what you know, what kind of instrument is that? So it's an ukulele. And they're like, oh, I never heard of it. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, it's, it's a ukulele. And they're, oh, a ukulele, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of words like that, aren't there, that get kind of absorbed into the English language, but then get, you know, modified. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm sure that I butcher many words that I'm not even aware of. So, <laughs> so I, that, that's why. And I, I, never, I, I never get... You know, I, I've never, people ask me, do you get offended when people mispronounce your instrument? And I, I would say, no, of course not. You know, we're all talking about the same thing. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, you studied for seven years, I believe, at Roy Sakuma Studios, following considerable study and dedication previously, obviously putting thousands of hours into the study and practice of your instrument. I'm wondering what motivated you to dedicate yourself in that way from a young age? Well, you know, I, I think it was because of my mom. Mm. It, it really it really was. I mean, I think that was the, the driving force was uh, was because my mom was working all the time. I I couldn't I, I, I hardly saw her and um, so playing the ukulele for me was my way of of um, of spending time with her without her being there. Oh. And and that's that's why I, I think I, I was always so passionate about it and um but I, I also really did enjoy it. I mean I still do enjoy it. I enjoy it just as much today as I did when I first picked it up and um and it just you know, it just transports me. I mean every time I, I start playing it, um, I just get caught up in it and next thing I know, you know, three, four hours will go by and I'd be like, Oh, I better go to bed. Right. So, <laughs> yeah, you can get so lost in the music and so lost in just I don't know where you know they they always talk about how music stimulates different parts of your brain mm -hmm. and yeah um, and I really think there's something to it because yeah, every time I sit down and I start playing it's like I my brain just gets transported my, my I just feel like I'm transported and um and it just takes me it takes me away you know it's it's, it's an incredible feeling yeah yeah 
Oh, I can imagine. The ukulele is one of the most egalitarian of instruments in that it, it's simple, compact, relatively inexpensive, and yet it can range from simple strumming to virtuoso performances in your case. Do you think that the accessible nature of the instrument is, is one reason why it has such wide popularity and creates such fondness in people? Oh, yeah. I, I think a lot of people, um, if, if they've never played an instrument before, um, I think they're surprised at how easy it is to get started. Mm. You know, ukulele. Because it's one of the, it's, it's one of the very few or only instruments that, stringed instruments that I know of, um, where you can play full chords with just one finger, hmm. you know, of, of your thing hand. Right. And, and so, you know, like I, I'll teach, um, so I'll teach young children or even senior citizens that have never played an instrument before. I'll get them playing a song. And, and this is, I mean, honestly, I'm not even joking in two minutes. Wow. And they're, yeah. they're, 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 they're already playing. They're like, Wow, this is so simple. And I think it's because of, you know, they have that instant gratification. Yeah. They give them that confidence and and the motivation to kind of stick with it. You know, versus if it took you two weeks before you could even get a good sound on the instrument, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be discouraging. I mean, you have to have someone really pushing you or you have to really um have that determination inside. but And that's why I, I tell people that the ukulele is, is everyone's instrument. It, mm. it, you don't have to be a musician to play the ukulele or to want to play the ukulele. You don't have to, uh, you know, sometimes people feel like, oh, I don't have any musical talent. I'll never be able to play an instrument. So if you mention the piano or the guitar or the cello to them or the violin, they'll be like, oh, it's too hard, it's too hard. Mm. But if you mention the ukulele, they kind of light up and they're like, oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a very different uh, perspective. And, and I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, people, uh, um, you know, they, they don't take the instrument seriously. Mm. And, and I, love, I love that about the ukulele. I love that people <laughs> don't see it as a, as a serious musical instrument because, because it, it encourages more people to try it and to, mm. you know, to pick it up and to play it. And I wish that, that people had that same perspective um, with with other instruments. Yeah, yeah. Because I think I think there there'd be a lot more players out there, and it doesn't have. And it's not that you know, um, and it's not that you have to be a professional musician or have to make a career out of it or, or a living out of it. Mm. But to me, I think just having not just music in your life, but having. Uh, the ability to play an instrument is just, it's incredibly um, uh, impactful. It's, mm. it's, uh, it's empowering. It's therapeutic. It, um, yeah, it, it just, uh, it, it just makes life so much better. Yeah. You know? So yeah. that's why I, I love encouraging people to, to, to give it a try. You know, if you've never played an instrument before, just Get an ukulele, you know, and, and you'll be playing in five minutes. <laughs> well, I'd like to play the title track from your latest album, The Greatest Day. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired this track? Well, we wrote this 
um, the day before we went into the studio, you know, we recorded this album in Nashville. So I remember the night before we were going into the studio, I flew in from Hawaii, I flew to Nashville. And uh, I guess because of the time difference, you know, I was, I was so wide awake and, I, and, um, and uh, it, it must have been like one in the like midnight or one in the morning and I was still mm. wired, you know, because there's like a four or five hour difference from Hawaii. And I remember just, just, uh, just kind of sitting there and I took my ukulele out and I started just kind of playing and noodling around. And then, um, and then I just started playing, you know, those chords and that melody just kind of popped into my head. So I stayed up for about a good, I don't know, couple hours and ended up writing this piece. And the next morning I, um, I played it, you know, from, from my buddies. I was like, Hey, what do you guys think of this? I just wrote this last night. And they're, they're like, Oh man, that's great. And they started contributing and putting and throwing in their parts and coming <laughs> up with, with ideas. And it just kind of set the tone, you know, for this project. We were just having so much fun and it was so spontaneous and, um, and, uh, yeah, just such a, such a positive, it was just, there was such a positive vibe in the studio. And so we, we, we decided to call the song The Greatest Day, and, um, and, and that's, that's kind of what I, what I wrote it about anyway. You know, yeah. It's about like how every day has the potential to be your greatest day, right? It all depends on your outlook and your attitude. So, so in the song, conceptually, like uh, music-wise, there are ascending tones and descending tones. So you'll hear, you'll hear these lines that, you know, that, that descend uh, down the, the, the uh, fretboard. But then, but then you'll always hear this other melody that's kind of moving up and pressing forward. So it's kind of like every day, you know, we, there's these obstacles that kind of push us back. But, you know, if, if we keep the right attitude and we keep stay positive, you know, we can keep moving forward and we will just, uh, and we'll uh, pull ahead of all those obstacles, you know, that sometimes uh, get in our way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, well, let's hear it now. So this is the uh, title track from The Greatest Day album by Jake Shimabukuru.
Well, you're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest, renowned ukulele master and composer, Jake Chimabukuru. And you just heard the title track from Jake's new album, The Greatest Day. We're going to go to a break now, but we'll be back after these messages with more conversation and more songs. like the music from It's a Question of Balance with Ruth Copland? Have you ever wondered what the full songs sound like? Now you can find out by listening to the new EP, It's a Question of Balance Music, available from iTunes, Amazon, and It's a Question of Balance.com. It's a question of balance music. Download individual tracks or the whole EP from iTunes, Amazon, or it's a question of balance.com. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm the second generation owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. We pride ourselves on being Santa Cruz's community bookstore. We are a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs, including books, gifts, children's books, toys, holiday cards, puzzles, and games. Our knowledgeable booksellers can help you find just the right gift for everyone on your list. If you want something special, we feature many autograph books by best-selling authors at no extra charge. If you can't get downtown, our website has 3.2 million titles, which ship directly to your home. Come visit us downtown or at our website, bookshopsantacruz.com. Bookshop Santa Cruz, celebrating the holidays for over 50 years. Welcome back. You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest, renowned ukulele master and composer, Jake Shimabukuro. If you're listening in the Monterey Bay area of California, Jake is appearing at the Golden State Theatre in Monterey on Friday, December 7th at 8pm. So uh, it's a great opportunity to see him live and you can get tickets at Golden State Theatre. Dot com. 
So, Jake, um, I, I'm very interested in, in music and the power of music. And the ancient Chinese believed that all civilizations were shaped by the kind of music performed within them. The Tang Dynasty kept 14 court orchestras to ensure the vibrations of their empire were auspicious. Confucius believed that music had a hidden significance, which made it one of the most important things in life, possessing tremendous power for good or evil. Certainly music has a power to reach across boundaries and bring people together in ways that other things can't. I wonder if you've ever thought about how the vibrations of music affect us and, and whether music can really shape our, our actual society. Oh, uh, yeah, you know, well, I haven't. I, 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 music to me is such, a, is such a mystery. I mean, there's just so much that I don't understand about it and how it affects people, why it affects people the way it does. Um, how it affects children. I mean, I, I, I've been very fortunate to, to witness and experience, you know, how it transforms people, changes lives, and, um, and uh, yeah. So I mean, I, I definitely think there's there's so much to it that's beyond our understanding. And um, but I'm I'm not, you know, I'm not smart enough to be able to really elaborate on that. I just I wish I was. I mean, I was, I, you know, but but I know that uh, that there's truly something incredible about it, and uh, and I'm just so honored, you know, to, to uh, and I, I'm so grateful to have you know music in my life, to have uh, to be able to, to play an instrument, to be able to, to share, you know, music and uh, with with people all, all over the world and. Um, and it's just it's it fascinates me every night, you know, every night to see how it how it moves people and and uh, and it brings people together. So it's 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 powerful stuff, you know. I just uh, yeah I, yeah, uh, and I think you can spend your entire life, uh, you know, trying to trying to learn more about it and 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 you know understand it. But I think it's something that will never. Uh, never quite understand. Yeah, Fully. yeah, yeah. I mean, some things are are also nonverbal, you know, and on on other levels they affect us on other levels. And I think that's one of the amazing things about art of all kinds. That um, I'm also really interested in in the work of psychologist Alice Miller, who studied creative artists, and and she writes about how art can help people process difficult events, whether these are events they've experienced themselves or, or events they've witnessed. I'm wondering if you feel art can have a healing effect both on those making the art and also experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think that, you know, um, I, I mean, I've always felt that, well, with, with you know, I, I, I can, you know, in, 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 in music anyway, I, I I feel like, uh, and and I guess I guess any any art form, you know, I, I feel that whether it's music or dance or um, or even if you're a school teacher, you know, uh, or a chef, I mean, that 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 creativity, that that expression, that self-expression, um, it's uh, I don't know that there's 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 a lot of power in that. I think. Yeah. I think we 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 are all 
um, I think as, as human beings, you know, we all have this, this need to express who we are, to be able to, to channel things that we feel and, and our emotions. And, you know, we've all heard the, the, the term music is the universal language, you know, mm. but I, I like to tell people that music is, music is the language of the universe. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. uh, it's our most primitive form of, of communicating and, and I think that's why, you know, you talk about all these different civilizations, you know, the, how music uh, truly shaped, you know, who they were. And, uh, and in some cases, you know, was, was, it was almost like a, like a, you know, like a religion, you know, for, for, yeah. some, for some yeah. societies. And, uh, and it was like, uh, so, I, I, so I, I think, I think there's, there's really something, something to that. I mean, you know, and. I uh, I don't know. I, I feel like um, I feel like that that's how we you know. So sometimes sometimes words you know the way we 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 perceive uh, certain words or, or the way we we say things um, you know that that can be uh, there can be a lot a lot of miscommunication in that. But I I feel like in, in music you know when it's when it's uh, when you're just it's just pure emotion, you know. It's it's the language of, of pure human emotion, and so and that's why I think I think we can feel we feel something, you know. It, it moves us in a way that's so honest and sincere, and so direct. Yes. You know because yeah. it, it it passes through the the brain. I feel like it goes right to the heart. Yeah. And uh, and I th- I think it's it's rare, you know, to have those experiences. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, being a sound wave, it is actually entering our body in the, in that way you know as well as uh, the, the other ways we experience it and i it's interesting you saying about it being music you know being the music of the universe i just recently found out that that kepler when he was sort of mapping the stars he actually did it all in in, a, in the harmonies and actual music and there's a project now where they're trying to work out it's never been able to play uh, be played what he annotated but he actually did it all in, in the you know in a musical kind of notation way of looking at the stars which is quite fascinating yeah I'd like to play your uh, version of Eleanor Rigby from the new album, The Greatest Day. What inspired you to record an arrangement of, of this particular song? I wonder what your goal was. It, it's such a haunting song. Mm. Well, it, um, you know, I've, I've always just been a huge Beatles fan. So I, I, I mean, anything by the Beatles. I, mm. I, I just yeah. Love. But, um, but the, the way the Eleanor Rigby arrangement came about was um, I was touring in Japan uh, last year, and the the sound engineer that we were working with in Japan, he was a huge Beatles fan. I mean, he knew everything about the Beatles, every song, how they recorded this, like the, you know, the, I mean, just every little story about about them. Wow. So I, you know, so I, so I, I asked him, his name is Nishi, and I said, I said, hey, Nishi, what's your favorite Beatles tune? And he said, Eleanor Rigby. Mm. So I said, oh, okay. So that night, I, I went back to my hotel room and uh, and I came up with an arrangement for it. And then, because the, the following night was going to be the last show of the tour. So, in the middle of the show, I said, Hey, Nishi, this is for you. And I played Eleanor Rigby. Oh. So, and then, then you know, and, and people loved it. And then, so I, I, so I started just kind of incorporating it, you know, into the, into the show or, you know, early, uh, well, from late last year. And uh, so, you know, when we went into the studio, I was like, "Man, let's just let's record Eleanor Rigby since I, you know, 
sports it up and all of that. But the nice thing about it was we were able to get Jerry Douglas, uh, who's one of my one of my favorite musicians. Uh, he's a just the, the most incredible dobro slide player mm. um, that I've ever heard. And so he uh, he came down to the studio and uh, said, you know, he would love to record you know with us so we got him on three tracks in the studio that day and Eleanor Rigby is one of the tunes that he played on mm, brilliant well you're listening to it's a question of balance with me Ruth Copland and my special guest renowned ukulele master and composer Jake Shimabukuru uh, we're going to be listening to Eleanor Rigby now from Jake's new album The Greatest Day
You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest, renowned ukulele master and composer, Jake Shimabukuro. We're going to a break now, but we'll be back with more songs and conversation after these messages. and I'm the second-generation owner of Bookshop Santa Cruz. We pride ourselves on being Santa Cruz's community bookstore. We are a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs, including books, gifts, children's books, toys, holiday cards, puzzles, and games. Our knowledgeable booksellers can help you find just the right gift for everyone on your list. If you want something special, we feature many autograph books by best-selling authors at no extra charge. If you can't get downtown, our website has 3.2 million titles, which ship directly to your home. Come visit us downtown or at our website, bookshopsantacruz.com. Bookshop Santa Cruz, celebrating the holidays for over 50 years. imagine living without stress, anxiety, or fear? And can you imagine a life filled with harmony and inner peace? Is that even possible? The Ananda Yoga and Meditation Center in Scotts Valley offers simple tools to help you become more effective at work and more centered in the face of life's challenges. At Ananda, we offer yoga classes for everybody, inspiring workshops, devotional chanting, and Sunday services based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. Our teachers and therapists are highly trained professionals who work together to inspire a healthier you. And your first Ananda yoga class is always free. Visit us at anandascottsvalley.org or call 338-YOGA. That's anandascottsvalley.org or 338-YOGA. Welcome back. You're listening to It's Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest, renowned ukulele master and composer, Jake Shimabukuro. Just to remind you, if you're listening in the Monterey Bay area of California, Jake is appearing at the Golden State Theatre in Monterey on Friday, December 7th at 8pm. So it's a great opportunity if you're in the Monterey Bay area to uh, see him live and you can get tickets at goldenstatetheatre.com. So we've been playing um, tracks from your uh, new album, The Greatest Day, Jake, and it's, understand, half original compositions and half covers. When you're composing original songs, I'm wondering what your process is. Do you have a concept or ideological inspiration that comes to you, or is it the hook? I'm just wondering how you first begin a song and then how you develop it and finally, you know, complete it. Yeah, it's it's always different. You know, sometimes... Uh... You know, sometimes, um, like the title track on this record, you know, I, I I was able to sit down and just kind of write it from beginning to end. Mm. But 
you know, but sometimes you end up writing just one section and then you don't know what to do with it. So you put it on the side and, you know, then like a month goes by and then you might write something else and you're like, I don't know what to do with this. And then you remember the thing <laughs> you wrote a month ago and then you put it together. And you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, that works. So you just, um, so sometimes you, you, it's like a puzzle, you know, you mm. write different pieces, you know, at, at different times and then they somehow come together. Or sometimes you're able to just sit down and the inspiration just hits you and, mm. you know, you feel yeah. from that. And that, that one note leads you to the next note, which leads you to the next note. And next thing you know, you have a whole song. So it's, uh, it, it, it just depends, you know, sometimes yeah. I'll, I'll write holding my instrument and playing at the same time as I'm writing, or sometimes I'll just sit with some notation paper and, you mm. know, and just, uh, and then that way you can, you know, it's, it's more of a visual thing, more mm. conceptual, and, yeah. you know, and then, so then you find out you, you write in a completely different way. But then and sometimes I like to sit with other instruments. Like I like to sit at the piano and I, I, I can't really play the piano, but you know, but when you put yourself on an instrument that you're not as familiar with, mm. then you you start to you you find you find different chords, different you you go melodically, you go to different places because it's not your normal instrument, mm. so you don't get caught up in the same muscle memory or licks that you play all the time, and uh, yeah. so it, the, the, the the melody note, the melodic notes is it, there's a it's, it's fresher, you know, it just seems like it comes from a different place. And, yeah, uh, and that's always a neat feeling. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that composing on a different instrument and also looking at it visually, you know, in a notation aspect. That That's interesting too. Yeah. Huh. You create unique arrangements of classic songs from all genres. I'm wondering what you look for in a track, you know, that you want to cover. You know, what draws you to, to certain songs to want to be able to do your own arrangement of, of those? Oh man, let's see. Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things. I mean, sometimes it's a rhythmic idea. Sometimes it's a cool harmony that I'm not familiar with. You mm. know, uh, new to me, or I really like, or um, or sometimes it's just just a beautiful melody that moves me. Um, yeah, but but if, you know, but whenever whenever I I arrange uh, a new piece, I always try to um, I, I always try to come up with with something with, with with even even if it's just the uh something very subtle that happens somewhere mm. i always try to come up with something that um that i haven't used before in another arrangement oh right you know, just yeah a new concept new idea uh just a, a voice leading thing or um uh a, a different technique you know what whatever whatever it is um so and and you know and it doesn't always have to be obvious for people, but for me, I always like you know I always kind of know. So if, if someone says, oh, you know this, if we talked about different arrangements that I've done of songs, like I, I can always mention like, oh, well, this you know I use this chord voicing that I've never used before in any other in a, any other song, or or this you know certain movement, or just the way I utilize the fourth string, you know, against this, or maybe it was a like a modulation. Uh, um, technique or something you know so mm. so there's always, always something something a little different and for me that that kind of makes me feel good when I can kind of come up with with some with something that's special to me you know in in the arrangement yeah yeah absolutely the last song I'd like to play from your new album the greatest day is time of the season can you tell us a bit about this track oh sure um 
Yeah, I, I love the way this track turned out. Uh, I've always been a huge zombies, you know, zombies fan, and and there's something about this melody, this this tune that is so timeless. And um, and I know it's 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 my uh, my dad. My dad absolutely loves loves this song. So <laughs> I remember when I um, when I recorded this album and mm. I got the roughness back. I played it for my dad, and you know, and time of the season is the first track on the record so as soon as it started playing he looked up he, he just perked up and he's like is this time of the season <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was uh i think uh i mean both my parents they said that this new record of mine is their is their favorite of, of everything that i've done right oh cool well let's hear some of the song time of the season from jake okay. shimabakuru's the greatest day You're listening to It's a Question of Balance with me, Ruth Copland, and my special guest, renowned ukulele master and composer Jake Shima Bukuru. That was time of the season from his new album, The Greatest Day. One thing I wanted to ask you, Jake, um, after your YouTube performance of the, While My Guitar Gently Weeps went viral and your level of fame and success skyrocketed and has stayed in the stratosphere since then, I'm wondering how you keep your sense of yourself within that, your your authentic self, so that you kind of don't end up believing your own PR, getting lost in the hype. Oh yeah, well I think, um, gosh, I mean for me it's it's all it's always about 
I mean, honestly, it's just it's always about the music, you know, for me. And I just um, and it, you know, every day it's just about like pushing forward and and uh, discovering more, you know, uh, trying to trying to learn your instrument, how to play it better. You mm. know, every- so kind of a humility with your art in a way. Yeah. Oh gosh! I mean, it, it. Yeah, music. Music keeps you so humble because it's like the more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> you know, I mean, because every time, every time, every time you, you learn a new concept or you discover something new, then you then uh, then that can be applied to so many different things. You know, which uh, which then you can dedicate the next five years, you know, of your training to that. Mm. Uh, and then in that, in those discoveries, and as you get familiar with those things, then, you know, you discover something else and that keeps you going for the next couple of years again, you know. And then that doesn't even include the inspiration that you get from other musicians that mm. you meet and play with. And, you know, because they have their own philosophies and their own styles and methods. And then, you know, and then you get to collaborate with someone one day and then, you kind of you kind of see how they do things or how they think about something, and then you're like, "Oh, yeah, that's a I never thought of it that way." And then you apply it to everything that you know, right? And then yeah. that just takes you on a, on a whole other thing. So, so it's like, yeah, it's just never ending, you know. It just never, it's uh, and and, it, and I think it's that curiosity and uh, you know that that really drives me, you know, because mm. because. Just love learning, learning new things about music, and and a lot of times, you know, you get and and there are times where you where you feel like you're kind of at that plateau, you know, like you're just like, gosh, you get so frustrated because you're like, I just feel like I'm playing the same stuff over and over and over, you know, like I I wanna I wanna get out of that mode, and how do you how do you break out of that bubble? Mm, yeah. So, you know, but I but I think every few years, you know, every musician goes through that, you know, and then you yeah. and then you get past that obstacle, and then it's like. You just discovered this whole new, uh, you know, uncharted territory, and you're like, wow! And then you're free to roam around, and that's when you just get, uh, you know, you I don't know, you just you get so hyped up and 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 uh, so immersed in it, and and that, that's why I love. I mean, I, I I just love it. Every night, you know, I look forward to getting up on stage and trying out these new things that mm-hmm. I practiced the night before, or you know, trying new songs or changing up the arrangement here and there. Kind of sharing it with people, you know, because yeah. as we're discovering it, you know, then our audience is also kind of discovering it and experiencing it for the first time with us. So mm. that's the exciting part. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's wonderful that you're not resting on your laurels and, um, you know, that you are continuing on a real journey with your art, which is, I imagine, great for you, but it's also great for all your fans. So, um, Thank you so much for coming on the show and, and talking to me when you're on this, you know, manic tour, I know. <laughs> oh, no, no, thank you. It was such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. And we look forward to, you know, having you in this area. I mean, some listeners are not in this area, but the one, those of us who are in the Monterey Bay uh, look forward yeah. to you coming here very soon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Thank you very much. And I uh, really appreciate the support. And thank you for your time today. And uh, happy holidays to you and, and all the listeners. Happy holidays to you too. Thanks, Jake. 
Just wanted to remind you that you can uh, go to the show website. It's a question of balance.com to hear podcasts of all previous shows. If you enjoyed this interview, tell your friends about it, or you can listen to it again by going to it's question of balance.com. Both uh, guest podcasts and also all the interesting topics that we've covered. So uh, head over to it's question of balance.com and have a look. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to you being with me again next time. <laughs>